Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Praise God. Let's give it up for Jesus. Can we do that right now? Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. How's that song go? I surrender everything, your goodness. Can you jump into that? Running after, it's running after. Come on, let's have a singer up here, quick. This is running after, running after me. Your goodness is running after, running after me with my life. Today. 
Come on, if I can get all fired up, you can too. Amen? Praise God. We've got to, we, we have to go all out for Jesus. I said there on Friday night, God won't let himself be found by anyone who's half-hearted. It works like that in worship. You know, when, when, you, when you do anything for Jesus, you've got to go to the utmost. You, you, you can't just do it at half measure. You, you can't just give a few scraps. Jesus, Jesus, the leftovers don't work when it comes to God. Amen? Yeah. The only thing that we can give him is everything. We can only just go all the way. Uh, it's with your giving. Amen? Yeah. It's, with your, it's with your serving. We're going to talk about the anointing in a little while. I could easily get on to servanthood. You know something? Everybody wants the anointing. But you know something? The anointing only falls on a servant. You ought to be a servant to get the anointing. I served in our church. I was in, in my last church. I was there for 20 years. And then God called us uh, uh, to, to hook up with another church in Sydney. And there's a whole purpose of God in that for our ministry and, and all kinds of things that He's opening up just faster than we can imagine. And um, But in my old church, I was there for 20 years and I served in every department that there was. I, I, I ran the, the door greeting team for years. We had the best door greeting team there was. We, we went and bought, I just initiated it, we got all these umbrellas. I mean, you could use these here in Melbourne, praise God. <laughs> Amen. I, 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 I had to do that. Yeah, that was, anyway, that was there. No, I couldn't let that slip. So we had all these umbrellas and it'd be raining. And um, so we, we, would, we would run out to the cars and, and, and my team guys would hold the umbrella for the lady getting out of the car with the pram and the kids while they walked into church. How cool is that? And so we would, and I'd make my team, we would stay out greeting till 20 past 10, the service starts. So we missed all the best worship because we were outside greeting and, you know, manning our posts. We had different entrances and things like this. We had people in the car park, people at the door, people at the auditorium doors in the foyer and different areas. Because someone might come late and you don't want them to walk into the place and think, oh, what's going on here? Where do I go? You want someone to greet them with a smile and say, hey, come on in. Let me show you where to sit. You got children. Let me show you where the kids' church is. Let me let me take you in there. And so we would do that. We just made it as good as we could do. And um, I remember there was other people who, because I had the call of God on my life back then, but I'm running a good door greeters team, praise God. Well, my Bible says it's better to be a door greeter in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Come on. I'm happy to do that. I still do that when I visit some churches where they're not organised. And I'm sitting up the back and I'm seeing late people come. I go and door greet them because I used to do that all the time. So it just comes natural. They say, oh, hi, welcome to church. Oh, I'm the guest preacher. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. I'm welcoming me on the door. You see, once you become a servant, it doesn't end there. 
you have to get to a place. Not very many people get to that place. You have to get to this place where you're not just a servant, but you surrender to servanthood. So you just, you just serve and you serve and you serve and you serve and you serve. And then when you turn up next week, you serve again. You, and, and if not a lot of people, a lot of servants, don't, a lot of people serve so they can, so that the pastor will see them or so that they might get asked to do something more important than what they started off doing. That's, that's not, they haven't learnt the lesson. They haven't learnt it. And pastors go into error when they, when they exalt people like that into other positions and then their pr- problems begin. No, you've got to be, you've got to surrender to servanthood. Oh my gosh. When you surrender to servanthood, you see, that's what King David did. Samuel anoints the guy and then he goes back minding the sheep for, for ages, just minding the sheep. Joseph was another guy. He just goes and serves diligently, even though he's a king's, he's, a, he's the son of a patriarch, for goodness sake. He's a, the favourite son of a patriarch, one of the one of the richest guys, one of the most prominent people in his culture, and, and he gets sold as a slave and put in prison. He's not only a slave, but now he's in prison. And he just serves and works and keeps a sweet attitude. And, and that's all I knew to do. That's all I've ever done. And I, that's all I still do. And so when I, go to, when I go to churches, pastors trust me straight away because they, it's in your voice. They know you're a servant. They know you're there to build their king, to build the church, to build, you know what I mean? You're not there to, to, to somehow leverage something for yourself. They, they just know. Why, because, but, but that only happens when you surrender to servanthood. You ever, you picture this guy who's just, he's bought this house or he's built this block in his cul-de-sac street and you know, he's worked hard. He's done all right for himself. And he's got the block, like the crown block, the block right at the end of the cul-de-sac that's on the highest, you know, the, that's on the highest shelf of land that looks down over all the other. It's like, it's the chief, it's a chief block of the street. You know what I'm saying? And he builds this nice big, you know, two-story McMansion with the triple garage and all the, all the bells and whistles. And, um, you know, at different stages, he's meeting all the people in the street and he's standing up the end of the street and they'd come and, you know, after knockoff time and summer's day, they'd be talking there with his neighbours and he'd shout them a beer and he'd be pretty proud of his house. It's almost getting to lock up stage now. And everybody's going, wow, it's beautiful, you know, and he's like, yeah, it's pretty good. And, um, you know, he's feeling pretty good about himself. And, it, and he's just getting ready to hand over the keys and they have the final inspection and the... And the um, the, the, the council inspector guy comes around and the engineers come around and they're looking at it all and all of a sudden they're just, they're all huddled together in this one corner down near the, near the, near the, the, the back of the building and they're all looking pretty serious and shaking their heads and he walks over and he's, what's going on? 
And they said, oh, there's a problem here. He goes, what is it? And they said, this, this foundation, it's got a crack. It looks like it runs through. It looks like it goes through into the basement and right through. There's a hole. That doesn't matter. They, yes, it does. And then they dig around a little bit. And they said, who put this foundation down? He said, oh, that was done way back by so-and-so. And they said, well, it's not right. It's the wrong thickness. They haven't put the right Rio in there and it's the wrong thickness. It's, it's, not, it's not to standard. That it, 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 it's no good. He goes, oh, well, we'll just fix it. They go, no, you can't. He goes, no, well, we'll just, no. Well, how do you fix it? He said, you've got to pull this whole building down and start again. He's been bragging to all his mates and all his friends and all the street, they could see it go up. I know people, I know people who are Christians who are just like that building. They've gone through all the different levels of ministry. They're, they're, they're good at positioning themselves. They're good at showing up in the right conversations. And, and you know, they just seem to be in the right place at the right time and they seem to get you know, the good job or whatever. And they, they work their way through the, through the ranks of church and through ministry and through all this sort of thing. I know a guy who's just like this. But you see, that foundation, that slab is called servanthood. And I know people who've bypassed that in their life. And they become fully built. But they can never be occupied. They can never be used by God. They've got, they've got the qualifications. They've got the knowledge. They've got the look. They've got the right clothes. They know how to work the room. They've, they're good at all that. But there's no servanthood. Their God cannot use them. But now that they've got to this level, how are they ever going to go back to greeting at the door? They can't. They can't bring themselves back. To, I know a guy like this. He can't bring himself back to do that. He's like, he's like these, you know, those, um, those big, like, like the horses, like those big, beautiful, big, um, Clyde, yeah, Clyde. Oh, what a, no, I'm thinking of one of those thoroughbred horses, you know. Beautiful, amazing animal, strong and can run and look, and it's a purebred. It's just absolutely incredible but it's never been broken in. It stands there beside the horse that has been broken in and you can't tell one from the other. They both look just as awesome as one as the other, except one can be used and the other can't. As soon as you go to tether it, as soon as you go to put something, it, it just takes off and does its own thing. When, when you surrender to servanthood, oh, I'm telling you, you, just, you stop striving and you just let God. The Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west. It comes from above. And the way I first knew that I was called into this ministry, well, I always had a bit of, all, all throughout, even back in my youth days when I was running our youth group back in the country, if someone was demonized or whatever, they'd always bring them to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I'd get them. And we'd help them and, you know, we did our best. And then in, in our church, where, and, I, and I went from greeting on the door to, um, then I went to, I hope this is all right. I just feel like sharing this. Then, then I went, I ran, I ran the, um, the catching team and took care of all the, 
you know, all the in-house stuff and we made sure the seats were all good. We had the catching and the vacuuming and all that. We had the best. Are we, at one stage there, we had this, um, had this vacuum cleaner that was hopeless. It wouldn't suck. Don't you hate a vacuum cleaner that won't suck? Oh, mate, it's terrible. Ladies, you just know. And, 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 um, and not only wouldn't it suck, but sometimes, well, it really does suck when it doesn't suck. But anyway, it... Um, then, then the office people would take it upstairs and use it and put it somewhere and we'd get there on Sunday and we'd have all this vacuum in and we wouldn't be able to find the thing and uh, and 10 minutes before church is ready and then so finally we'd get it and it wouldn't work and whatever. So I just went and bought my own vacuum cleaner. Come on, I'm not going to wait for the wheels to grind in the upstairs, you know, in the boardroom and get the money. The, it's like it takes too long. I just went out and bought my own. I bought this great big yellow one, this big that goes on your back. And man, could that suck. Oh, mate, it would just, we had the best carpets. And you see, you just, when you're a servant, you just want everything to be done well. You want your team to be the best team. Am I, am I talking to the right people right now? Yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm there catching as well, because all my guys were on the catching team and I'm at the front catching. And I'm standing behind this lady, getting ready to catch her and whatever. And that was all good. And then, this would happen regularly. And then after the meeting, the same girl who was getting prayed for comes up to me and she says, can you pray for me? I'm like, oh, I can. Like I was just up the back, cleaning up, sorting things out. And I said, didn't pastor so-and-so just pray for you? And she said, yes, she did. I said, well, what do you want me to pray for? She says, well, I got voices. Got voices in my head. And they keep going off. And she says, I was down there and pastor so-and-so, which was not the senior pastor, but one of our good pastors, was praying for me. And the whole time I'm down there, the voices are going, la, 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 just, just doing all this stuff. And she said, when you walked up behind me, the voices said, don't let Brett pray for you. Don't let him come near. Don't let him lay hands on you. And so she said, I figured I should go and get you to pray for me. So I laid hands on her. The power of God comes upon her and the voices go just like that. Amen. She's set free in Jesus' name. All the voices have gone. And then I went back to vacuuming. And that was years before God released us into this ministry. God has your number. He knows your name. He can exalt you in a moment. He can raise you up overnight. And he's, he's not going to leave you sitting cool and wasting away. He's waiting for you to surrender to servanthood. Jesus was a servant. He, he suffered. The Bible says Jesus was obedient even unto death. Death on the cross. He got down and he washed the disciples' feet. He, he had surrendered. He'd given it all into servanthood. Jesus says, if you, if you want to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you're prepared to lose your life, you'll save it. We've, we've got to be prepared to lose our life in order to save it. You know what I'm saying? I know that doesn't mean you've got to go out and get run over by a car. Amen. I'm not talking about that. You know that. I'm saying you've got to be prepared to lie down 
your life. Lay it down. And we'd be out in the car park helping people and walking in with the umbrella in the rain. And there was people in the front row, other Christians, that they were the positional ones. You know, they'd always be trying to position themselves. Or, and, and there'd be a guest preacher, the man of God would be there. And they, because they'd be in the front, they'd have the yellow T-shirt on trying to get a prophecy or whatever, you know, doing their thing and, and being in the right place. They'd, they'd, they'd manage to, I don't know how, they'd, they'd get into the green room. I'm thinking, man, no one ever let me into the green room. And here these guys are there and they're nothing. And they're in the green room, for goodness sakes, talking to the, 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 the overseas evangelist or whoever. I'm like, man, I'd love to spend one minute with him. I never got to do that. I never got to be in our green room one time. I was a bit annoyed about that at times. But anyway, I, I, I got by, praise God. And they'd be on the front row and they'd leave church and they'd still be searching. They'd still be hungry. They still wouldn't be satisfied. They would never have got what they were seeing. And I, I remember, I distinctly remember like, I'm out in the car park at times and sometimes I was the last one out there. And I remember thinking I could feel God's blessing coming all over me. And I'm getting more blessed out there in the rain than what these guys were who were sitting, I know for a fact, than these guys sitting in the front row and they're trying to get it all, but they got nothing. And I'm out there serving, surrendered to serving. That's all I've done. That's all I've ever known. And, and I'm feeling blessed and I'm feeling the smile of God and I'm feeling the call of God and I'm feeling the leading of the Holy Spirit and I'm feeling whole and happy and blessed by the Lord. Amen. Friends, that's, the serving is just the most incredible thing you can do. Amen. Who's ready to serve in the church? Who's ready to make a difference for Jesus? I'm telling you, you surrender to servanthood and God will start ringing your bell sooner than you think. He'll start to raise you up. He'll start to put gifts in your life. You'll be laying your hands. I built my connect group. Then I, then because I was on the on the welcome team, so my connect group grew like mad because I'd get all these new people and I'd say, "Come to my connect group," you know, and boom, they'd all come. Then we had we had we had um, five people water baptized in one year out of my connect group. Praise the Lord. So then they and then we multiplied that connect group twice over. So then they asked me to run the connect groups to oversee all the connect groups for a season. And we were just leapfrog. We went just about, we were in the kids' church, praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, those were the days. I said to the pastor one day, I hadn't long joined the church. This was 20 years ago, 20, 20, more than 20 years ago. I said, the kids' church is a little bit chaotic out there at the moment. I'm not sure if you realize that. Don't ever say that. He said, Oh, is that so? He says, all right, here's what I'd, I'd like you to do. I'd like you to run it. I'm like, no, that's not what I was asking. <laughs> so my wife and I ran the kids' church for three years, praise the Lord. And we built that up and got a team going, blessed the kids as much as we could. And then one day I felt sorry for the kids and I thought, no, nah, someone else needs to do this. We're, we're at the end of our... Yeah, we were, we, were, we were topped out, you know. We could, keep, we could have kept going and kept it running and maintained it, but... It needed to go further than we could take it. And then I had, had that conversation with my wife. I said, God's got your number. I had that conversation with my wife. One week later, the pastor rings me up. I still can tell you where I was driving in my work truck. I'm out near Campbelltown heading south on the Hume Freeway. The phone rings and it's my pastor. And he says, Brett, I'd like you to pray about something. I'd like you to, 
I'd like you to step down from running the kids and I'd like you to become assistant pastor for me. What do you think about that? And I said, let me pray about it. Shabba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I said, what does that mean? He said, just keep doing what you're doing. So he put me on serving somewhere, running one of the other teams, as well as being the assistant pastor. See, God's got your number. You've just got to lie it down and serve and, and be submitted. Be submitted under your pastor. Don't go to your pastor and say, Pastor, I feel like God's gifted me in this particular area and, you know, I'd like to start to prophesy some. <laughs> no, that probably won't work. No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't try and start, say, say, Pastor, I'd like to help out. Tell me what I can do. Show, tell me what you need. And it probably won't be your favourite thing. But you see, that's okay because God's using that. This is how it works. Forget about your favourite thing. Forget about all that. Start to do, start to do whatever your hand finds to do. The pastor said, well, for the next couple of months, we need extra people in this department. Maybe on the coffee or what? I don't know. Maybe, maybe in the kids, whatever. We're short of people in there. We need, we need to build that. Would you be able to do a season? Just, just say yes. Even if you think, oh, I wouldn't have a clue what I'm, just say yes. And I'm telling you, the blessing of God will fall upon your life. And you'll enjoy church. You'll become a participator, not a spectator. When you're a participator, all of a sudden, you're a solution-minded person. You're not a, oh, well, something wrong with that over there. Oh, I don't like the way this is happening. Oh, that, that music could be a bit more, you know. No, no, no. That's a person who's not doing anything who talks and things like that. Amen. Is this, is this all right? Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. The person who just lies it down. And says, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be part of I'm gonna be a cog in the wheel. I don't know if I don't care if it's a small cog, and I don't and I don't care which other cogs I'm meshing with. Amen. Oh, do I have to I have to help? I have to work in his team. Yep. Okay. Because you'll find that God's gonna work in your life. If you try and save it, you're gonna lose it. But if you're prepared to lose it, you'll find it. You will find it. You'll find the supernatural favour and the blessing and the grace of God will begin to operate in your life like you could have never have known. And I know people that have gone to church all their life and never discovered this because they're too proud to lie it down. And the pastor, they, they make him lose sleep at night because they're that person who just, you know, he's had to spend all his attention on them trying to keep them from causing trouble or whatever. You just got to be a servant. Anyway, I didn't plan to say all that, but that was that's just for free. Praise God. Say, that was for free. I'm going to take that. I'm going to be a server. Turn to the person beside you and say, are you a server? Yeah. Tell me what they said. Yes. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. So we've let, let's have Tamara. Can, Tamara, can you come to the front? Let's give Tamara a big hand as she comes to the front. Thank you. See, I can preach that because I've lived it. 
I can say all that because that's, how, that's what I've had to do all my life. I know how it works. Come and stand here. Now, you come forward for prayer this morning. Yes. yes. Now, explain... Give us a bit of history, because the pastor was telling me you had a you had a you had a pretty radical thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just just walk the people through what your story is. Yeah. Um. So I fell down the stairs eight months ago when I was 21 weeks pregnant with my daughter, um, and I broke and dislocated my leg uh, really really badly. Mm. Had five surgeries. Um, spent over a month in hospital all up, and yeah. Five surgeries. Yeah. Now. Pastor told me that the doctors said that your your you had three breaks in your leg, was it in yeah. three places? Yeah. And that it was it was just as destructive as if you'd have been hit by a car that was doing sixty to eighty kilometres an hour. That's how the doctors describe your injuries. Yeah. And so the doctors then went did their work and and pinned you up and put it all back together. Yeah. But what was it like after that? Um. Sore, <laughs> very sore. Mm. I was uh, in a wheelchair for four months because I couldn't walk. Um, and then, yeah, walking frames and finally got on crutches mm. and, yeah, just really stiff and sore. And, and so fast-forwarding, you come to church today, this morning, yep. and what was it like when you came? I just have a, um, a really big limp. Well, I had a really big limp. So mm. just, yeah, like a heavy, like heaviness in my leg mm. like I can't um, rely on it like I would have mm -hmm. um, or use and you it had like to nurse it so you always you, I saw yeah. you walked across here and yeah. you're limping as you went yeah yeah and then you came forward for prayer yeah. and just walk us through what took place um we well, prayed for me and then I just had this like feeling of this weight being taken off of wow. me and um like I felt like a lightness over my leg and, and over my whole body mm. that I hadn't felt uh, mm. before and Yes. And and how does your leg feel now? Good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. normal just like the other one. It's like yeah, like when I'm walking I feel like it's normal like it it just feels it feels reliable again like Wow. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So you can do a really fast walk now. Oh, I can try. <laughs> you can run. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm not asking you to because you know you know sensibly what you should. Yeah, yeah. Cuz you're 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 as well as being you know, set free from that. It was a spirit of infirmity that was on your leg. Yeah. Right? It was an oppression. And the doctors can't heal that. But there, there's, a, there's a recovery that's still going on from the lead up through all of this. So I'm not going to ask you to go running crazy. But if you want to, you can. It's up to you. But just go for a fast walk and let us see. Come on. Praise God. Now you you had like a like a um, what you had a thing on your foot as well like yeah I've still so I've got um, nerve damage in my right. leg so yep. my foot um, drops it won't lift mm -hmm. up so I can't um, I wear a brace to help it stay right up so, I can so walk. that's part of that recovery process yep. your yep. muscles it's like a rehab thing your muscles are building up yeah come on isn't that amazing yeah. all that that unexplained heaviness that wouldn't yeah. go away. Yeah that was restricting you and making it hard to walk has lifted in yep. Jesus' name yep. and you're set free. Yep. And it was all over you in other areas yeah. as well. Yep. Isn't that amazing? Yep. Give this lady a big hand. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's amazing. Glory to God. Amen. Let's get this meeting underway. Let's turn in our Bibles now to Mark chapter 5, verse 21. It's a good day when you surrender to the Lord. It's a wonderful day. 
I wonder sometimes whether people are even saved who haven't made that surrender. There's a level of consecration that just ignites in your life. When you surrender to him, you start to live for him. All of a sudden you have victory over sin. It's like that born again nature on the inside of you gets let out of the cage and you can live free. You're taking the eye out of it and you're living for him. Mark 5 verse 21. It says, now when Jesus had crossed over. Now that's a good word. Sometimes you've got to cross over. You've literally got to make, this is what I've been talking about. You've got to make the transition from living for you to living for him. When you transition from living, you cross over from living for you and start to live for him. That's called living by faith. Because what you're doing is you're, you're laying down your desire and your agenda and you're surrendering to his call, to his agenda, to your pastor. In many cases, that's what it looks like. It's got to, God's got to talk to you through someone. Man, I had a guy who would be in our altar call every third week and he'd go here, there and somewhere else. One week he'd be at our church. Next week he'd be over at Spring. Next week he'd be at Hillsong. Next week he'd be some other hallelujah church across the way. And um, he was always messed up, never breaking through. And he, every time he'd come, he'd be on the altar call looking for this. And I said, man, you need to find a church. I said, here's the trouble, buddy. God comes here to bless you and you're not here. You're off at Spring." or you're over at the Hillsong, or you're down at the Glory Fire Church or wherever, some other place. I said, you're moving around so much that God can't even find where you are. I said, you've got to just go to one place and, and just get a... And it, it'll be different wherever you go, but, but sooner or later, it's like you'll get on the wheel in a different place, depending where you get on, you know, this place will start you at 12 o'clock, this place might start you at nine or six, but it doesn't matter. You get on that wheel and you go right around the full circle eventually if you stay in the one place and put your roots down. Don't go shopping around all the time. Just get into it's, it's. You think, oh, but, you know, I like this part about this, but I wish I wish it was just, just get in the boat and stay there. And you'll go right through. You'll go through the servanthood thing. You'll go through all of those. You'll go through the correction process. You'll go through the God speaking to you process. And then eventually you'll go through the God anointing you process. We're going to talk about this a bit later tonight, where this power of God starts to move in your life and the purpose and call of God starts to manifest on you. And all of a sudden you begin to realise why you're on the planet. Man, that's a wonderful day. To know that you're living your life for the very reason that you've been put here for. So many people live their whole lives and they, they still don't know and they've never really done it and they're not that excited and nothing seemed to really work. And it starts with these simple things. Learn to serve and be planted. Cross over from, from the I to him. Learn to die to yourself and you'll start to live for him. People want resurrection life. You know, God can't resurrect 
something that hasn't died. There's got to be death before you can have resurrection. And those people in the front row, they're chasing the resurrection power. They're never going to find it because they've never died to themselves. Amen? You've got to follow God's order. You can't, the, the foundation's got to be put down right or everything else is just never going to amount to anything. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. He was by the sea and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at Jesus' feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. It, like he, was, he had this press of people all around him, thousands, hundreds and multitude, like a crowd is bigger than what we're used to. Amen. In the Bible days, they can, you know, the, he fed the crowd of 5,000. That was just the men. They don't bother even count. You know, when we do a church count, we count the children and the, you know, the pets and, and whatever. You know what I mean? We're trying to get our numbers happening. But Jesus, they did, they, in his meetings, they, they, just, they just counted the men. We couldn't be bothered. It's just too hard to, too many people there. And this wasn't a crowd. This was a multitude. And one man in a multitude of people, one man gets Jesus to come visit him at his home. How does that work? Well, it just so happens that this one man had crossed over. See, if you go back, it says that Jairus, by name, he was a ruler of the synagogue. Right then, as soon as Jairus left home that morning, on his way in broad daylight to Jesus' meeting, he's lost his superannuation right now. He's lost his holiday pay. He's lost his income. He's lost his career. He'd, he's lost everything he's ever worked for for his whole life. He's lost all his high society friends. He's lost his position in the community. He's lost his position in the temple. He's said goodbye to everything right now. You got to realize he's absolutely crossed over. And he gets Jesus' attention amongst the multitudes of people. He gets his attention. Why? Because he said, Jesus, I'm, I'm putting all my eggs in your basket right now. This, this is it. I'm, I'm all in. I, I'm, all my, you ever watch those games where they're playing in those big casinos when they all of a sudden they, and they push all the, you know, they're going for the last great grab. If it's all or nothing and they push all their chips into the middle and then they spin the thing, you know, James Bond or whatever. <laughs> That's what this guy did. He just pushed all his chips and said, That's it. This is everything I got. I'm 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 put he's not gambling. I'm putting it in heaven's bank right now. I'm investing everything into the kingdom 
right at this moment, everything. I'm going to walk away from here and I'm going to have nothing. Because he was going to Jesus in broad daylight and he fell at his feet. Everyone said, well, that's, that's Jairus. Man, he's become one of his followers now. Word would just travel, would just go like wildfire all around. Everybody knew him. And then we read on. And then a woman, verse 25. Now a certain woman had an issue of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had. She was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, well, what did she hear about Jesus? Well, let me tell you. In Mark 4, 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering se severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Mark 6, 56, and wherever he went, into villages, towns or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplace. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak and all, everybody say all. all. And in the Greek, all means everyone, amen. All who touched it were healed. Luke 9, 1, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. In Acts 5, 16, it says, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as they passed by. Crowds gathered also from around the towns of Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by unclean spirits. And all of them, all, all, I said all of them were healed. So this is what this lady heard. That's why she came, because she was told, this is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus does. We Praise God, this is just a testament to the grace of God, to the work of the cross, to the power of the blood, to the faithfulness of God in keeping his promise, to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which he's freely given us. We have never had a meeting in 12 years ever where we haven't seen multiple people healed in the one meeting. And we're just getting started. We're just getting started. We're going to have meetings where every person gets healed. We have had them from time to time, but it's going to become the norm. We have to. There's so many people out there that are demonized and traumatized and they're getting into, it's just going headstrong now into Satanism and witchcraft and, and all kinds of perverse evil and immorality of the most hideous kinds. I don't have to go saying what you all know what I'm talking about. And people are, people are investing their lives into this. And they think they're going to get away with it. It's like you can't get away with it. The devil's got them. He's going to get his pound of flesh. The Bible says the devil comes not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. 
You've got to know that when people invest their lives, when they open the door to these kinds of lifestyles, these immoral lifestyles, that, that they're, they're going to be plagued with satanic attack upon their life. And they might look like they're having fun and doing their parades and all of this, but I'm telling you they're not. They're tormented. They can't sleep. They got sicknesses in their body. They're traumatized. They're having demonic manifestations in their thoughts, in their dreams. They're being scared by demonic spirits. All kinds of things are happening. They're losing friends. They're, they're just, they're becoming, they're, they're getting darkest, darkest depression is making them spiral down. My Bible says the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. It shines ever brighter to the full light of day. But it says also, the sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. Psalm 16. The sorrows of those will increase, will increase, who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. In other words, the psalmist says, I'm not having nothing to do with these gods. I'm not going to touch that stuff. I can't. I'm not going to let it come out. I'm not going to voice it. I'm not going to give any allegiance to it. People say, oh, you're judgmental. No, I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. You say you can't do this and you can't do that. And these people are wrong and they shouldn't. No, I, 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 I'm not judgmental. I just love Jesus. And when you love Jesus, as soon as you love Jesus, there's a whole bunch of things you can no longer love. Is that right? Blessed is the man, Psalm 1, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit at the seat of mockers. Amen. There's a whole lot of things you've got to not do if you want to be a child of God. Can I hear? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen right now. <laughs> Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit at the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Come on, you've got to go one way or the other. You can't do some of each. You can't say I love Jesus and subscribe to that. I can't say I love Jesus and, and, be, and be a supporter of that. I, I, can't, I can't give credence to this or that and say I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus as well. I can't condone that. I can't vote for that and say I love God. Man, I, I'd, I'd be a liar. You just can't. You either got to go one way, you know what I mean? You're not judging. You're just making a choice. Amen? Amen? And the choice is getting more and more black and white. The choice could never be clearer than it is right now. You walk out there, you read the newspaper, you look through your Facebook things and all that. And there it is. It's right in front of your face. You've got to choose one or the other. You can't have it. You can't just go a bit each way. Those days are gone. Actually, they never existed. But now it's, it's like it's mega miles apart. There's a chasm between the two ways. Amen? We've we, we got, we got, we got to shore things up in the body, in the church. Jesus is getting ready to come back sooner than you realise. We've got to shore things up. We've got to keep that separate. Amen? The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood 
or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. Listen to this. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. If you want to know how your life's going to turn out, you don't go to any tarot card people. You don't go to palm readers. You don't go to astrology people. You don't go to those tea leaf people. No, you just turn to the Word of God. Come on, you die to yourself, you live for Jesus and you turn to the Word of God and there it is. The promises of God are yes and amen. They're laid out in front of you. Can someone get excited with me here right now? Come on, what do I have to do? (laughs) Come on, we've got to go all the way. Revival starts. Because, oh God, send revival, send revival. Do you know what revival is? It's not when a man of God comes and heals the sick or when a pastor gets on fire for God and gets people saved. No, 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 that's part of it. What revival is, is when the people of God get hungry. When they turn out, like you guys have here tonight. Give yourselves a big hand for turning out. Look at them all. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for the sick. We better start. We'll be here all night. Amen. A woman came with an issue of blood. Did I read that? A certain woman had issue of blood for 12 years, suffered many things and many physicians. She'd spent all she had, was no better, but grew worse. That's right. When she saw Jesus, she heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd and she touched him. The power of God flowed straight out of Jesus even though he's in the multitude. There's a multitude of people pressing him all around, crushing him in this crowd. And one woman touches him and he says, who touched me? How does, how does one woman get Jesus' attention? How does one man in that huge demand of a multitude get Jesus to come and visit his house? This woman had crossed over. She spent all she had. Instead of getting better, she just grew worse. She had this bleeding condition. It was so bad, the doctor would have said to her, don't you go outside. Don't you go to Jesus' meeting. If you walk outside there in the open air with all your bleeding and you're so weak, you'll probably, you'll probably pass out halfway there and you'll be left in a pool of blood. And, you know, you, you, you're, just, you, you're, just not, you're just not up to it. You're just not well enough. You need to stay home and just rest. Not only that, she was out there with her bleeding condition. The cultural law of the time was like she was unclean. She wasn't allowed to touch anybody. She wasn't allowed to be in a crowd. If she did go outside, she had to wave a flag and yell out unclean, unclean, so that people would give her a wide berth. But no, she presses through the multitude. She could have been stoned to death for that. In her condition, she must have bandaged herself up enough to be able to contain the bleeding somehow and she she crawls through she's weak she's lost blood she's anemic she's she's just on her last she uses every bit of her energy just to get to Jesus and she touched his coat and the power of God goes off of him through her life and sets her free she crossed over are we prepared to cross over here tonight who here is looking for a miracle in their body tonight? Who here's come for healing tonight? 
Come on, lift your hand quick. If that's you, if you've got pain in your body, I'm not just going to pay for pain. I'm going to go through other things tonight as the Holy Ghost leads and we'll go off the back of this meeting. We'll get through every person. But if you've got pain, just come out of your seat right now and sit over this side here. Come fast and come strong. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, there's a desire. I can tell when people are going to get healed. It's the way they get out of their seat. It's the way they respond. It's the way they test when I ask them to walk. Come on. Hallelujah. Am I being a bit, am I being a bit harsh here tonight or is this all right? It's all right. I haven't lost any of you. Good, because I like you. You're a good bunch. Who likes the pastor in this church? Can we give him a big clap? Can we give our pastors a big round of applause? Aren't they the most amazing people? Man, I've, we've just been having a blast hanging out with them, having coffees and, and get-togethers and just, just catching little snippets of time. We haven't had a lot of time because the weekend's been really, really busy. But we're just having these wonderful moments and and they're gems. I'm telling you guys, you, you got, you've got so much in front of you in this church. You've, there, there's so much, so much, it's like, it's like stored up potential that's, that's going to be released in the coming days, weeks, months and years. You, now's the time to be here. You don't want to miss what God's, what God's ready to do here in this church. Mm. I've had that feeling in other churches that God's about to do something, but then I think, oh my gosh, I'm not sure that these pastors are the right ones to be out of, you know. <laughs> Seriously, I've had that feeling. And you think God's ready to move, but you know, there's things are a bit chaotic there. I'm not sure what that's going to look like, but mate, it's, it's better down. It's nailed down. The, it's, it's secure. The foundation's there. The right people are in the right place. It, it's set to go. It's so exciting. Amen. Amen. Come, I'm going to pray for you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your savior, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected. We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today.
visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.